You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the rumours linking Unai Emery with a return to the Premier League in detail. We're going to be talking about the news that Spurs have officially now appointed Antonio Conte. We're going to be talking about it from an Arsenal perspective. I'm going to be talking about why it's important that we don't allow this to have an impact on the way we see our team at the moment. I think it's so, so important. And I really wanted to make these points, um, which is why I've jumped on to do this episode, because initially I was only going to do an episode a little bit later on this afternoon. I think um, the latest stream that we normally do was going to be, the was in fact the only one I had planned. But I think I've seen a lot online over the last few hours that makes me feel like, there are Arsenal fans out there losing their heads about the fact that Tottenham have landed Antonio Conte. So actually, let's kick off with that and we'll come on to talk about Unai in a little bit. Obviously, this morning, the news was made official. Antonio Conte is the Spurs manager. The club have officially announced that we've seen all the pictures, all the videos, all that you know stuff that you do when you sign a player or sign a manager nowadays. And I've seen lots of Arsenal fans sort of saying, it's it's ruined my day. You know, we've got the overlord in the chat who says um, <laughs> Conte to Spuds has totally ruined my day. I've seen people saying, why didn't we go and get him? I've seen people saying uh, that Tottenham are going to automatically flick a switch now and become a superior side to us. I don't think that this appointment should worry Arsenal fans anywhere near as much as some of us are making out or as much as some of us are feeling at this moment. And I'll tell you why. We had a really good, long, in-depth discussion on the social club last night, myself and Dan DeLuca, who's a Spurs fan, of course, about the decision to appoint Antonio Conte, about the decision to part ways with Nuno Espirito Santo. And the point I kept making to Dan and throwing back to Dan was, but you've been down the winner route before. You've gone and got Jose Mourinho previously and brought him in and thought that his experience and quality, and granted Antonio Conte today is a much better manager than Jose Mourinho, but the point still stands. Tottenham went out there, abandoned or, or, or I think missed the trick in terms of not recognising the need for a big rebuild not recognising the need to invest and develop uh, the squad and, and essentially rebuild it from the one that got to the Champions League final because that went a little bit stale. Maurizio Pochettino went a little bit stale. And that's why, you know, that's why he was ultimately fired. But the point I keep making is that Tottenham Hotspur Football Club are in a very similar to position to the one Arsenal found themselves in when they appointed Mikel Arteta. And that is... You've had a legacy manager in Maurizio Pochettino, a legacy manager who was instrumental in so many ways and at the centre of any success, that relative success in Tottenham's case, that they had. 
someone who could develop players, someone who brought a culture to the football club, someone who brought a style of play, someone who had an incredibly strong relationship with his players and someone who created a bond with the fans that you just don't create overnight. That's what Maurizio Pochettino was. Arsene Wenger was that for Arsenal previously. Obviously, things went south and, you know, we all know what happened there. I'm not going to go into that again, but we all know that that relationship didn't end as it would have liked. But there were similar situations in that after Pochettino, Tottenham Hotspur had to get it right. Tottenham Hotspur had to bring in a manager that would be able to build on all of the good things that Pochettino did, but also correct the wrongs that were visible at the end of his tenure. Just like Arsenal needed to do with Arsene Wenger. We went down the Unai Emery route, a manager who was a pretty decent manager in his own right, has got a really good record in European competition, as everybody keeps um, sort of pointing to, which is fair. You know, he's achieved those things. But he was not someone who was going to come in and build you a new site. And it was that short-term vision, that short-term approach to things that I believe made Arsenal fall even further behind under Unai Emery. Because what happened was we weren't a million miles away from the top six, but there were players in the or from the top four, but there were players in that club that couldn't be there any longer, that couldn't take us any further forward, that were, you know, things were broken. Arsenal needed to make changes, not just in terms of the manager, but in terms of personnel. And in many ways, they needed to rip it all up and start again. And they needed to do that sooner rather than signing another wave of players like Socrates, like Torreira, like um, Guendouzi, who's not at the club at, the, at this moment in time for a numerous region, reasons. You know, Nicolas Pepe is another one that the club went massive on without it necessarily being the right thing. We needed to rip out a load of the existing squad and replace them with the right types of characters and the right kinds of players, and we didn't. We tried to put a Band-Aid or a plaster over the cut over the problems that we had. We tried to mask them and move on. And we did that with Unai Emery. And the first season was okay. You know, we just narrowly missed out on the top four. But ultimately, the issues in terms of the players that we had at the club that simply shouldn't have been there anymore were still lingering in the background. And one of the good things that Mikel Arteta has done is he's come, he's known full well that he's got the time that he's got the back end of the club and therefore they've created an environment, which is a credit to the club, whereby Mikel Arteta can say, OK, we need results. We're Arsenal Football Club. Of course we do. But the priority here has to be to rip out those broken foundations, if you like, and rebuild them. And that's what Arsenal have been doing throughout Mikel Arteta's tenure. And we're now at a place where I think we, we stand in much better stead. I think we've got a really exciting young group of players. I think we've got a squad that wants to be here, a squad of players that want to compete at the highest level, that are hungry, that are bought into the manager, that display all the right attitudes. And that rebuild, OK, it's happening now, but it should have happened two years ago. It should have happened three years ago. And with Tottenham, what I can see happening is something really, really similar. Maurizio Pochettino, underappreciated, undervalued for what he brought to Tottenham Hotspur, for what he did for them in terms of taking them to a place whereby they were top four contenders every single season. They even went to a Champions League final. Tottenham Hotspur in a Champions League final. 
The first sign of trouble, they pulled the trigger on Maurizio Pochettino and they panicked and they tried to do what Arsenal did, thinking it wasn't that bad, not realising the severity of the situation that allowing these bad eggs to stay around the place had caused. And they thought that Mourinho, with all his experience, could come in and instantly turn it around. And he couldn't. He couldn't. If Jose Mourinho, one of the most experienced, decorated managers in the game, struggled so badly, that tells me, if I was a football club chairman, owner, that tells me that the root of the problem is a lot deeper than just the manager. The root of the problem is is much bigger and is much more serious. And actually, the first port of call should be to, if you're going to rebuild, rip everything out and start again. They tried it with Mourinho. It didn't work. Now they're going to do the same thing with Conte. Now, I love Antonio Conte, and I'm not saying for a second, I'm not saying for a second that Mikel Arteta is a better coach than than uh, than Antonio Conte. I, I wrote a piece on 90 Min, um, I think it was during the summer, where I said that Antonio Conte, for me, was the best manager in Europe. And I stick by that, pound for pound, to use that boxing phrase again, Antonio Conte is the best. He is brilliant. He is fantastic. He will raise the level of this group. But will he raise them to the point where they're going to be in the mix for the Champions League places? Will he raise them to the point where they're going to be nailed on to finish in the top six? I'm not sure. And the reason I'm not sure is because I can see so many similarities to what we saw at Arsenal in terms of deeper rooted problems at the football club. For example, Daniel Levy, he's a massive problem. He's a massive bloody problem. You know, the, the fact that they've got Harry Kane, who doesn't want to be there, is a massive problem. The fact that they've gone into another Premier League season with Eric Dyer at centre-back is another major problem. They've signed poor players, in my opinion. They've spent an absolute shitload of money on Tangi and Dombele, who doesn't even want to jog. You know, and, and the point I'm trying to get to is that changing a manager is great and it helps. And you will, in most cases ride a wave at the beginning, a new manager bounce, as a lot of people call it. But does appointing Antonio Conte actually address the core problems at Tottenham Hotspur? And I would say no. We all thought when they hired Jose Mourinho that they were going to really back him being in the transfer market. They backed him okay. They did enough. They got him some players. But it wasn't the level of investment required for, for Jose to take them to the pinnacle of the Premier League. And you can bet your bottom dollar that Antonio Conte is not going to get that investment either. Why else do you think he signed an 18-month contract? That's unheard of. That is unheard of. A manager's mindset tends to be, I'm taking this job. I want the longest contract that I can possibly get from fear of getting the sack. Because if they do sack me, if they do feel that my work is not up to the standards required and decide to pull the trigger on me, they will need to pay me off. Managers do it to protect themselves, to protect their own asses from ending up in situations where clubs pull the trigger on them. And that's that. So why is Antonio Conte gone there asking for an 18-month contract? Because he himself is not even convinced of this Tottenham project. He himself doesn't necessarily believe you have to feel, if you read between the lines, that he is going to get the backing that Daniel Levy and Fabio Paratici may have promised him in the contract talks. So 
this is another move from Tottenham that stinks of short-termism that is going to lead to potentially a initial uplift in results, performances, but I don't think solves the core issues at Tottenham Hotspur. Now, I could be proved wrong. I could be sitting here in a year's time eating my words, but I don't believe that Daniel Levy will give Antonio Conte what he needs. And that's where this feeling or view or opinion I have stems from. And it's why, as Arsenal fans, we shouldn't be losing our shit over this. Yes, he's a good manager. He's a better manager than the one we currently have. But it's, it's uh, football club succeeding is not based solely on the manager. It's based on the players. It's based on the infrastructure. It's based on everybody pulling in the right direction. It's based on a load of factors. The manager is just one of them. Granted, it's a big one of them. But there's so much else fundamentally wrong at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club that I don't see this as being they've signed Antonio Conte. Now they're on the upward trajectory and now we need to be shitting our pants. Don't. Don't look at what we don't look at what they're doing and let it distract from what we're doing. OK, we've taken a different approach. We tried the short term fix in Unai Emery. It didn't work. Then there was a recognition and acceptance within the football club that things needed to change and things needed to change dramatically. Sometimes you need to go backwards to then go forward. Sometimes you need to strip things back and go again. And Arsenal are doing that now. And we're not going to know for three or four seasons if Mikel Arteta's plan and Edu's plan and Arsenal's plan is going to lead us to the kind of success that we as fans crave. We don't know that yet. We can't possibly know. It. We can predict. We can have a feeling. We can want it to work, but we don't ultimately know yet. So by that same token, I'm not hit sitting here saying that Arsenal are 100% doing the right thing and Tottenham are doing the wrong thing. But there is at least at Arsenal a very, very clear plan, a very clear plan in terms of how we're looking to move forward. And that for me is encouraging. That for me is positive. And Yes, I'd have loved Antonio Conte to have come in. If you were going to sack Mikel Arteta at any point over the last 18 months or whatever it was, you would have wanted it to be um, for a manager of Antonio Conte's calibre. And I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but I do cover a lot of Serie A football. I know more about Antonio Conte than the average Premier League fan does. It's not to say I know more than everybody. And I'm not saying that there are no Premier League fans out there that have any knowledge or inkling or understanding of what Antonio Conte is all about. But as someone who covers Serie A, I feel like I'm speaking from a position of knowledge around this manager and around all the great things that he can bring to a team. But there's an ugly side to Antonio Conte too. The ugly side of Antonio Conte is that the first sign of him not getting exactly what he wants, he throws his toys out of the pram. He will quite happily tell you to piss off and walk away and he'll leave you in the lurch. He did it to Inter. He did it to Inter in the summer. Yes, there were issues behind the scenes, but you know what? You built that team to a point where, no, he didn't build the team. It was a very good squad and he made a few additions to it. And his superior management is what took Inter to the Scudetto. But then at the first sign of, of an issue, you know, financially, we're not in a position uh, was into stance to keep hold of all our players. We need to sell one or two. Conte jumped ship. Conte walked. Conte left. Conte walked out the door. And that is not necessarily a bad thing on Antonio Conte's part because he is 
that kind of guy. His heart needs to be completely in it. He won't just go through the motions. But equally, we've seen Tottenham over the years fail to give managers the correct backing. If they didn't back Maurizio Pochettino, who took them to the kind of heights that I don't ever remember previously during my entire life, then who are they going to back? And with COVID and, and with all the other issues that a lot of the Premier League clubs and football clubs around, uh, you know, Europe are having to contend with and the world, I don't see them throwing mega, mega money at this. And I don't think Antonio Conte sees them throwing mega, mega money at this. Hence why he's only signed an 18-month deal. Yeah, there's an option to extend it, but it's an option, nothing more. So the point I'm trying to make here is that don't get carried away and think that because Tottenham have hired Antonio Conte, they are going to go on and finish in the top four, or they're nailed on to finish in the top six, or next season they'll be right at the pinnacle of, of Premier League football, because it doesn't mean that. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. And, you know, People are telling me in the chat that he's going to get £100 million in January to spend. Let's see if he does. Because it's Daniel Levy, you know? So uh, the, 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 the key point here is don't sidetrack from what Arsenal are doing. Nothing to do with us, what Tottenham do. You know, that's the approach they want to take. Fair enough. Daniel Levy's in the mud. Daniel Levy made an absolute clown of himself last summer when he went through manager after manager, after manager, after manager, before eventually appointing his seventh, eighth choice manager in Nuno Espirito Santo. Okay. Arsenal have taken a different approach. And I believe that our approach potentially brings you sustainable success if it works. What Tottenham are doing is not sustainable because they'll never be in a place where they can spend the money that City can, that Chelsea can, that United can. And therefore, short-term appointments such as that of Antonio Conte are going to bring, I believe, uh, what's the word? There's going to be no fluency in the way with which they build and move forward. I genuinely believe that. I think it's. Um, it's very disruptive when you chop and change managers very, very quickly, unless you are Chelsea and you can hand that next manager money immediately to go out and make big changes. Unless you're Manchester City, where you can do that too. Unless you're Paris Saint-Germain. I think teams in the position um, of, of Arsenal and of Tottenham at this moment in time need to look at sustainable ways of maintaining a standard and maintaining the level at which they want to be at. And I don't think that an appointment like Antonio Conte, as sexy an appointment as that is, you know, to the football fan, I don't think that that is a sustainable way of moving forward. So I'm not massively worried about it. Genuinely, I'm not. Um, I'm not because I can see this blowing up just like Mourinho did. And I called the, the Mourinho appointment was the wrong one as well. And look what happened there. You know, so I just think that we need to stop obsessing about Tottenham and the fact they've got Antonio Conte. I mean, there's people going, Tottenham are more ambitious than Arsenal, Tottenham are this, Tottenham are that. There's no, it's no good being ambitious if you don't know what you're doing. And to fail to recognise that that team needs a complete and total rebuild, for me, is, you know, is, is criminal from Daniel Levy. And, and the people running Tottenham Hotspur. And I think for me, 
you know, they're going to, this is going to end in tears. It might bring them a little bit of an upturn. It might bring them something in the short term, but it could potentially be um, something that causes a lot of damage in the long run. I genuinely believe that. And that's not a knock on Antonio Conte whatsoever. Cause as I say, I think he's a fantastic manager. I just think that the environment will not be right for him to succeed in. And, and that is why I believe anyway, that he's decided or wanted or requested from what we're told an 18 month deal initially because he doesn't believe that he's going to get what they've told him he's going to get. And without building that base, I don't see Tottenham ever being that big a deal again. The base is so important. Arsenal are trying to build that base. Time will tell, as I say, if we've built the right base, but at least we're going about it in the right way. And I've not said once before people start jumping on me that Arteta is a better manager than Conte. Of course he's not. He can't possibly be at this stage in his career. He might never go on to be as good or even close to Antonio Conte as an individual manager. But he's building something at Arsenal. There is a plan. Even if we as a fan base have struggled at times to see it clearly, there is one there. And for that, you have to give the club credit for blocking out the noise, not listening to you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry uh, who's been, you know, who said that we need to pull the trigger on Arteta, having their their objectives, their aims, their destination at which they want to find themselves, understanding what needed to happen with the squad and, and giving it the time and sticking to it. And hopefully we will reap the long term benefits from that. But as I was saying to Dan last night on the social club, which you can find on this channel or on the podcast, depending on where you're listening from. It feels to me like Tottenham are skipping a step and actually avoiding doing what really needs to be done. And that is breaking up this bang average squad of players, moving on Harry Kane, who doesn't want to be there and is stinking out the place at the moment. And, and it feels like Tottenham are trying to avoid doing that and bringing in Antonio Conte on a short term contract. Um, it feels it feels like another um Another mistake from Levy that we will see, see is a mistake further down the line. But anyway, that's enough about Antonio Conte. Um, focus on Arsenal. Focus on what we're doing. Focus on all the brilliant things that we're doing as a football club. There's a real feel-good factor around Arsenal at the moment. I said to you guys the other day that I'm feeling incredibly invested in this group of players. I'm really enjoying watching them, really enjoying getting behind them. And nothing changes just because Antonio Conte has gone to Spurs. I would have loved Antonio Conte at Arsenal at one point or another. But at this point in time, um, you know, let's let's focus on ourselves. Let's focus on what we're doing. I thought it was worth discussing, though, because as I say, there is a lot of Arsenal fans on social media who are really seemingly losing their minds about this. And it drives me crazy. It really, really does. Um, let's talk a little bit about a former Arsenal manager. And that is, of course, Unai Emery. Now, Unai Emery is being heavily linked with a move to Newcastle United. Unai Emery is in talks with the uh, the Premier League club over their managerial vacancy. And according to this report on Sky Sports, he is the leading candidate to take over at St. James's Park. Now, I received a message earlier from my good friend, um, who's a Newcastle 
uh, United journalist. I'm just getting a message that my connection's running a little bit low. Just give me a thumbs up in the chat if you can still hear me and I'll carry on. I don't want to ramble on if you're not hearing it. Should be fine. Problem with live streaming. Hate it. Um, always say it, but always go back to it. Um, Unai Emery is, of course, the, the, the front runner, uh, according to these reports, to take over at Newcastle United. And look, there's a managerial vacancy there. He's a person who I think actually could be quite a good stepping stone for Newcastle. I'm sure that they have long-term ambitions of, um, you know, they have long-term ambitions of challenging right at the top of the Premier League. I'm sure they have long-term ambitions of even challenging for European honours, but they're not there yet. And, and they're in a place now where relegation is a real threat and relegation is a real problem and something that they have to deal with first before they can start to make those longer-term plans. Now, Unai Emery is, as I say, a good stepping stone manager. I think he is. I, I was very critical of Unai Emery during his time at Arsenal, and a lot of people gave me stick for it. It ultimately proved right that he wasn't the right man for Arsenal, that he wasn't going to take us uh, further forward, that he'd lost the dressing room, etc., etc. But that doesn't mean he's a bad manager or a terrible manager it meant that he wasn't the right fit for Arsenal. I think we can all agree that was the case with Emery, right? He, he just, he wasn't the right fit for Arsenal. He wasn't the man that was big enough or strong enough or ra would radically change things enough to replace Arsene Wenger. To take on that job was always going to be difficult for anyone that got it, but Unai Emery couldn't handle it. And that's the, that's the truth. You know, that's the truth of the matter. There are people that don't want to accept that people that, um, you know, were, were very defensive of Emery at the time. And I think a lot of that was due to how big those people went on Arsene Wenger and the fact that now if they were to kind of change their view and, and suggest that actually Unai Emery wasn't doing a better job, then they would have been seen as hypocrites. So I think there was a lot of that. I think there was a lot of that from our own fans, a reluctance to to dig out Unai Emery and, and say what they were seeing because of their stance on Arsene Wenger previously. But you can look back at it now with a little bit more calmness in hindsight, and you can say that he's not a bad manager. Of course he's not. He's won the Europa League, I think, four times. He's not a bad manager whatsoever. But he is a manager that I believe is in that bracket below the top managers. You know, you got your Klops, your Tuchels, your Guardiolas, your, you know, all these top coaches. Unai Emery is not, is not in that league. He's probably in the second bracket of coaches where he's got a pretty good CV. He's been around the block. He's done a few different jobs. Um, and he's someone that could bring some stability to Newcastle. But my only question mark about this is while he would bring some stability and some consistency and, and be probably someone who could attract a relatively good standard of player, is he cut out for a relegation battle. And this is the problem that Newcastle have now, right? If Newcastle were in a place where they were mid-table and they were kind of cruising along and the threat of relegation was one that was something they were kind of keeping an eye on in the rear view mirror, then you go, okay, you know, we bring someone in, we bring a stabilizer in. But such has been their start to the season that they are in a place where a relegation battle is a serious bloody possibility barring a dramatic upturn in results. And look, they can't do anything in terms of adding players until January. So some whoever they bring in now in the short term 
has to be cut out for that scrap, has to be cut out for the possibility of fighting a relegation battle between now and the end of the season. Because can you imagine if Newcastle were to end up in the championship? Equally, that means that top, top bracket managers probably don't want to know, probably wouldn't even consider Newcastle as a potential destination at this point. And that's why Unai Emery feels like, in a lot of ways, someone in the sweet spot, because he is decorated enough to appease the fans. You know, you've just got this massive investment. He's decorated enough to appease the fans. He's also decorated enough to probably attract, as I say, a certain standard of player. But he's not so good that he will turn his nose up at the opportunity to earn a hell of a lot more money and have the chance to bring in a lot of players over the coming years and, and really shape and mould a team to the way he wants it. But Unai Emery, and, and I keep going back to it, you know, I keep going back to that point about the relegation battle. I don't think Unai Emery is a league manager. I mean, if you look at where Villarreal are, um, now in La Liga, um, you know, he's he's obviously someone who's been given a lot of, of plaudits in recent years, but Villarreal are 13th in La Liga at the moment. It's not great. You know, it's not great at all. And if you look back at the La Liga table last season, of course, Villarreal um, won the league, uh, Europa League, but they finished seventh. So again, I mean, it's decent for Villarreal, but it's not outstanding. He's not a league manager for me, Unai Emery. He is someone who manages to get it right in the cup competitions and has done that in the Europa League, which is a cup competition at the end of the day. So I, I think my good friend, as I, I don't know, if, did I mention this already? Probably did, repeating myself, old age. My good friend, Harry DeCosimo, who's a, a BBC sport journalist and a big Newcastle fan. He's been on the show before. He texted me saying he'd have Unai Emery. He'd love Unai Emery to come to the club. And I think Unai Emery's better than the Eddie Howes and the other managers that they've been linked with um, or some of the other managers that they've been linked with. But it, it, it feels like the timing might be a problem right now. Because on the one hand, as I say, he is the perfect stepping stone manager up until up to that next level. But equally, can you bring Unai Emery in in amidst the relegation battle? I don't know. And that's my reservation on that. But look, I wish Unai Emery all the best. I really do. It was never personal with Unai Emery. And I said that repeatedly. People never believed me, but it wasn't. You know, it was never personal. My criticism of Unai Emery was football-based. It was about what I saw unfolding on the pitch in front of me. Um, I felt that he lacked, to put it, for, well, for wanting of a better term, I thought he lacked the balls to make big decisions at Arsenal um, in some some instances. And then at other times he'd go balls deep on a massive decision. And I couldn't really work out which one he was. Was he this ruthless coach who would only have it his way? Or was he this manager who was very big and keen on getting the players on side and letting them make the decisions? Because he did a bit of both. You know, he, he didn't want Mesut Ozil in the team, but then he didn't want to pick a captain. He wanted the players to vote for it and all that kind of stuff. It made me kind of feel a little bit concerned, worried. It made me not really understand exactly who Unai Emery was and what he was. And I think that was a big, big issue. And I think that, as I say, perfect stepping stone manager up to the higher level for Newcastle. But is the timing right? Is Unai Emery the man you want at a time like this when Newcastle are battling at the bottom of the Premier League? Not sure. Not sure. But then equally, if you don't go for a new Emery, then you've got to make two appointments, right? You're going to bring a stabiliser in to get you out of that issue. And then you're going to bring 
and Unai Emery in, and then you're going to go for the top, top manager. So, you know, do they need to take that extra step? That remains to be seen. And that's a big decision for their club to make. But it's a decision that has the potential to be, if it's wrong, uh, or if the wrong one is taken, it could be catastrophic for Newcastle United and a real big issue. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But if he does get the job, um, you know, best of luck to him. You know, I have no... I don't wish bad on Unai Emery. I don't want him to fail as a manager. I just didn't think he was the right man for Arsenal. I think that is possible to feel both of those ways. Right. Uh, that brings us towards the end of this episode. If you've got any questions, uh, chuck them in the chat box and we'll take a couple of those before we wrap up. Just a quick reminder as well. If you haven't done so already, please do hit the like button. That would really, really help. I can see there's over 200 of you watching us live right now, but we've only got 39 likes on the board, um, which isn't enough. We want to get it up to as close to 100 as we possibly can. The likes really, really help in terms of getting the video out there to as many people as possible. Um, so yeah, please do that. Subscribe to the channel as well. If you're new, we'd love to have you. If you'd love to become, or if you fancy becoming a member as well, uh, you can also do that too. And we have had a couple of new members join uh, in the last couple of days. So let me just give those guys a shout out because one of the annoying things about YouTube is you don't get the notification that someone signed up as a member unless they do it while you're on a stream or while you've got a stream loaded. Um, so I do want to say uh, a massive, massive thank you to uh, to Diddly Squat, to Noble, to Marble Horse TV, to Jid F32, who's re-signed up, to Alex McCarthy. Um, so yeah, thank you to all of you. Really, really appreciate the support. Um, means the world to me, and it's great to have you all on board. So thank you. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, let's take a couple of your questions before we wrap it up. Uh, let's see what we've got. Um, John Daly says, I keep forgetting about the Amazon documentary getting filmed this season. Do you think as soon as this comes out, we will fall in love with this group of players even more? Well, I think a lot of us are falling in love with this group of players anyway, which is what is so positive, um, about where we're at at the moment and why I think, I'm not going to say that all of the fan base are now willing to give Mikel Arteta more time, but I think there's been a, a softening on the stance towards Mikel Arteta from a lot of people because they're feeling engaged again. You know, they're loving watching Saka, Smith Rowe, Ramsdale, um, Gabriel, and all these other kind of young players that we've got coming through the ranks that have, you know, that have either been signed or been brought through our own system. But the, the togetherness is there. You can see that the players are playing for him. I think one of the big problems was, you know, people in recent months felt that Mikel Arteta maybe wasn't getting the buy-in from his players. That's certainly not the case. And I think people's minds have changed. But look, the Amazon documentary will be a bit of a PR stunt, right? Like the Tottenham one was, like the City one was. So you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. But I do think it will it will help. If, of course, the team continue in a positive vein, it will help the public opinion. And I think that's why Arsenal have taken a big gamble in doing it from fear that it might go tits up. But I think they know that if they get it right, if it's made in the right way and Arsenal are showing progress as a football team, it could be a huge PR stunt and it could re-engage a lot of fans who have felt otherwise in recent seasons. Um, WRU Blade says, do you think we should sign a striker in January I don't think that should be the priority. I think the priority has to be adding to that centre of midfield. Talked about it before. Thomas Partey will be off to the African Cup of Nations. Granit Xhaka will be returning from injury, we think, around about that time. But there's no guarantee he won't face a setback or that he'll be at his best immediately. So 
I think that's a position of real, um, of real, uh, I think that's a, a position of real concern and one that we really need to, to fix up on. Uh, Maximus says, uh, sustainable success. Going back to my earlier comments, laughing my ass off. You're on drugs, mate. Spurs will 1000% finish above us this season. I'll tell you what, I, I will make a 50 pound donation to a charity of your choice. And you can record this and remind me come the end of the season. Cause I will probably forget, but it's on record. It's on video. It's on the podcast. If Tottenham finish above Arsenal in the premier league this season, I will make a £50 donation to a charity of your choice. Because I don't believe that bringing Antonio Conte solves everything um, today for Tottenham. I think there will be an uplift. There will be a new manager bounce. That The buzz, the hype that comes with someone like Antonio Conte will spur them on, no pun intended, to a degree. But will they be able to maintain it with this group of players? I don't think so. And I don't think that Antonio Conte will be backed as much as some people think. I don't think he thinks he will be backed as much as as has been spoken about. Otherwise, why sign an 18-month contract? So I, I do think that unless you're Chelsea, City or United and you can spend summer after summer after summer after summer at a level that is just on another planet to those around you, then sustainable success is about building properly, building strong foundations, building a team, recruiting smartly, not necessarily about who spends the most money. It can be about recruiting in the right way, working smarter with what you do have. I think all of those things um, are factors. So I don't think that Tottenham, just by appointing Antonio Conte now, are going to be the finished article and are going to finish above Arsenal. I will, as I say, Donate 50 quid to a charity of your choice, mate, if Tottenham finish above us. Um, let's take this final question. Um, good evening, Harry. Love the show. Where do you think Tottenham will finish this season? Um, seventh would be what I'm feeling right now. That might change, obviously, over the course of the season. Depends on what they do in the January window, if indeed they do anything significant. But yeah, I think about about seventh is, is probably about right. So there we go. Right, we are going to leave it there. Um, it's been a good show. It's been a good chat. Um, called it Talking Arsenal. It's not all been about Arsenal, but we've tried to always relate it back to Arsenal wherever possible. But the big news at the moment is around Spurs, is around Unai Emery's potential return to the Premier League. And listen, over the last couple of weeks or so, because of the lack of European fixtures for Arsenal, where we were putting out sometimes two podcasts a day, I do think that's become harder to do. That's because there's not so much to talk about because there's not so much negativity floating around and not so many issues that need addressing. So while it's tough on content creators, it's obviously good because Arsenal are not being spoken about as a laughing stock. Arsenal are not being spoken about as a car crash. And I'm really, really enjoying that. Um, so yeah, it has its challenges, but overall I'm enjoying it. I've got to say. Right, we'll be back very, very soon with more Arsenal and football-related content. Uh, until later, until next time, take care of yourselves, stay safe, forget about what Spurs are doing, focus on the Arsenal, focus on the progress being made. We'll be back very, very soon. Until then, goodbye.
You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. <laughs> <laughs> 